you can still experience joy and purpose even as you experience suffering and pain in your life. There is hope for that. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friends, it's Ryan. Happy Testimony Tuesday. Oh boy, do I have a beautiful love story for you today. I have Katie Thornhill on the podcast. She is absolutely amazing. I am truly in awe of her faith and just the beautiful woman that she is. She's a devoted wife and mother and a grateful believer in Jesus. She has been through some serious storms in her life, including marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol abuse of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. But she believes so much that you can anchor in always and experience the healing that you never knew was possible. She believes God doesn't waste a hurt. There is purpose in your pain and beauty can come from ashes. She truly just left me speechless many times during this interview because of the things that she's gone through and just her unwavering faith and devotion to God. It's just beautiful and such an inspiration. And I know you're going to just love this beautiful woman as much as I do. She also has a podcast called Anchored in Always, and it really truly just is such a beautiful podcast that you're definitely going to want to check out. So here is Katie Thornhill's testimony. Well, hello, Katie. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be on your show. This is my very first interview, so this is super exciting for me. I'm honored. Yay. I'm so excited that this is your first one. (laughs) Thank you for being here. So let's just jump right in, Katie, and, and tell us a little bit about you. Um, so I live in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is near Nashville with my husband, Josh, and, um, we have three children. Um, Hannah is four, well, 15, just turned 15. She's a freshman and she plays volleyball and is just super smart, um, funny, outgoing girl. And then Isaac is 12 and he plays soccer and he's just um, a great kid, just super funny and mischievous and loves to make people laugh. And, and then, um, our youngest son, Marcus, who is in heaven now, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, um, later, but, um, he, he was seven when he passed. And, um, so we moved here for my husband's job and, um, we, he's a physician assistant. I stay home with the kids and I just recently started my own podcast, um, called anchored in always. And, um, it's really just trying, trying to 
um, we've been through a lot of suffering as we lost our son and just some other things in our marriage prior to that. And so God just really spoke to my heart that I'm not the only one suffering and hurting right now. Um, this side of heaven, we all are, you know, struggling with something and hurting. And I really wanted to find purpose in my pain. I really wanted to be able to take the things that, you know, um, I've gone through in my life and be able to help other women specifically, um, probably even more specific Christian women, um, help them to anchor into Jesus in the storms of their life. Um, so that's what I've been working on lately. That's so exciting. I'm so happy that your podcast is out in the world and it's just such a needed message because you're right. I think that there is so much suffering and we can feel really alone in that and everyone's suffering looks different but we all, we all are definitely going through it in different ways. So I think that your mission is beautiful and I'm really glad that you were obedient to that calling to, to be that light and to find purpose in your pain and not just let it completely take you out and take your family out, but you, you're doing something really beautiful with it. So good job. And you are absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's been healing for me. I will say, um, honestly, I, I wanted to do, like I said, find purpose in the pain, but what I'm finding is that as I share more and more, um, of the things that we went through and the ways that we anchored into Jesus, um, it's, it's giving, it's helping me heal. It's helping me through the grief process. Um, we say in recovery, a lot of times you can't keep it if you don't give it away. And I think it's just so important to, to dive into something that you're passionate about and to help other people and serve other people, even when you're hurting, or maybe especially when you're hurting, um, because then the focus isn't just on me and my pain and poor me and why me. Um, I'm looking at other people and seeing and hearing what they're walking through and helping them. So it's really helped us tremendously. You know, my husband helps with the podcast. So when I say us, I mean him too, for sure. That's so fun. I love that he helps you. How, how fun that you guys can do that together. And I just think it's so special that you can really, again, take this and do something good with it. And, and I love that you connected it back to recovery because you know, that's special to my heart. So just awesome. And can't, you can't keep it if you don't give it away. It really is so important to pour back into others the way that Jesus pours into us. Amen. Definitely. I agree. So have you always known Jesus your whole life or was this something that you, you know, did, was this relationship new to you in teenage or adulthood? How, how did that work for you? Well, um, my dad is a pastor, so um, I was born a pastor's kid and um, I, I remember giving my life to Jesus in like elementary school, but it wasn't really until I was um, in high school and I went to a teen conference. I think it was called Acquire the Fire. And uh, yeah, I went down for the altar call and I just remember really feeling the Holy Spirit then um, for the first time, just um, alive in me. And I felt literally like on fire, like I was ready to tell everybody about Jesus. And so that's really when um, I think my fire was lit for, for Christ. And um, so it's just been a progression of growth since then, but I was born and raised in a Christian home, which I'm super thankful for. That's amazing. I love that. And yeah, acquire the fire, dare to share. I think that um, I was like 20 or maybe even 21 when I think I went to dare to share for the first time, because 
I, I grew up Catholic, but when I met my husband, we, he was Christian. So I kind of started going to Christian church then. And I remember going to dare to share and just, yeah, the, the power and fire that comes out of that. And you just have like this newfound understanding. And I think it's so cool that kids have those options, hopefully to go to those things and really connect with their own faith. And do they do those still? I don't know. And I think because of COVID, everything's changed so much. And I just, I want that for my children too. Um, so desperately, but I feel like it's few and far between now and we're kind of getting more into virtual stuff and Mm. um, not those experiences like you and I had or or the opportunity for them. So, um, there's a need though. There's definitely a need for, for that in our teenagers these days. Yes. And it's, it's so different when you're in person experiencing that with other people and especially like kids, your age, So if they're not out there, we got to bring them back, Katie. (laughs) Oh, I know. I agree. I think that's one of the reasons why um, the ministry that my husband and I do with Celebrate Recovery, I think that's where the healing is, is in the community, like um, coming together. When we opened the doors back up after COVID, um, that room was just filled. There were so many people that were just longing to be around other people again, and and especially in an environment where you feel safe to be able to kind of take the proverbial mask off and be your real authentic self, um, warts and all, you know, we say, <laughs> and be accepted and loved. And so I, I know our teenagers need that same thing, but we know that that is really one of the reasons why this ministry works so powerfully is the community. It's just feeling supported and loved and having people surrounding you and walking alongside of you and your journey is so important. Yeah, I agree. I'm so big on community. So I absolutely all the praise hands there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you've, you've mentioned your husband a couple of times. Was your husband a believer when you guys got together? Um, so no, actually he, um, was not raised in the church. Now he knew of God, his parents both had went to church when they were younger, um, but they didn't as a family. And so when I met him, um, I just thought he was really attractive, honestly. And, um, but I didn't, um, I was very firm in my belief that I didn't date anybody that wasn't a Christian. Um, so I remember asking him if he went to church and he said, no. And I'm like, well, would you like to come to church with me sometime? And he was like, uh, yeah, (laughs) he was was like, okay. And I just remember thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to, we're just going to be friends. Um, and then shortly after he came to church for a few months and we would go out with a whole group of our, my friends at church and have dinner and we got to know each other in like a group setting. And then he did give his life to the Lord. And that from that um, time after he did, we, our relationship escalated and we dated for about five and a half years before we got married and, um, and stuff. But yeah, he wasn't originally a believer until we met and, um, he wasn't raised in church either. Wow. That's so awesome. I love that you were just like this is where I'm at. This is my stance. And you can come to church with me if you want. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) So along your faith journey, what were you trying to do that didn't work? Well, I think, you know, um, for the first part of my life, um, from my twenties and into my thirties, um, I think I just felt the strong need to control as much, um, as I could. And the reason I, I grew up in a divorced home, Um, and it was pretty chaotic, um, that from going to my mom's to my dad week to week, and they were completely different, the, the home, um, the environment. 
And so I just remember that felt so chaotic and insecure to me that I, at an early age, began to really want to control whatever I could control. And this really led to perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So as I was trying to control everything, I wanted to appear a certain way to people. And so I really, for a long time, found my worth in what people thought of me. Um, and honestly, what I could accomplish. And if I could gain the approval of people, then I was doing okay. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't in control and, and I didn't, it wasn't working for me in that sense because I wasn't finding joy and fulfillment. I was just checking all the right boxes, going to church, tithing, doing my quiet time, check, check, check. But it was in my brain and not really connecting with my heart. I didn't have the fulfilling authentic relationship growing relationship with Jesus that I that I was craving and I was trying to fill it with all the other just appearance based things um and he was calling out for me for more of me but I was just doing just enough just enough to get by um so that definitely wasn't working for me so what was the turning point in your relationship with God well um I think there's been several I think what really has shown me that I don't have any control is when I've come to these points in my life and I call them like the mountains that I've come in, in contact with in my life. And that first mountain was, um, shortly after, uh, we were married, my husband's father passed away, um, unexpectedly and it, it broke his heart and, um, he didn't grieve well. Um, and he ended up having an affair, um, with a girl that he was in class with, he was in school to be a physician assistant. And I found out about the affair. It went on for four or five months before I found out about it. And, um, I remember at, that I, I wanted to forgive him and I wanted, I didn't want our marriage to end. We had our daughter, Hannah at that time, but, um, he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if, if, if he would have you know, a better relationship with this other woman? Um, would I ever really truly forgive him? Could I ever trust him again? And would I always hold this against him? Um, could we be happy? And so I remember trying to almost talk him into staying with me. And that was the first time in my life that I realized I don't have any control over what this man chooses to do. I can beg, cry, plead, uh, get angry, but he, it's, it's really, it's up to him you know, whatever he decides can change the course of my life. And in a, for a moment, I felt helpless. But then I remember that was also the first time that I truly surrendered to God. I said, God, I trust you. I can't make my husband love me. I can't make him stay with me. But I know, I know, I know that no matter what Josh decides to do, you have a plan for me. And I know you will provide. And I truly felt this peace that I shouldn't have felt in that first moment. Um, and then probably the second mountaintop or mount, not mountaintop, but like mountain that I ran into was, um, a few years later, we moved to Tennessee for a job change for him. And, you know, we'd been working through our marriage. We had a lot of marriage counseling to get through the infidelity and the trust issues. Um, and then I find out that he's, um, really struggling with an alcohol and opiate pain medicine addiction. Um, he played professional football and had some injuries and he had begun using the opiates for that reason. And then it just became an abuse over time. And then he was trying to stop the opiates and would drink more when he was trying to get off the opiates. So then that kind of just spiraled. Um, and I came to that same place where he was hitting rock bottom and he, I was, um, you know, I was afraid he was going to lose his medical license, his job, 
I was done. I was so, you know, sick and tired of all of the lying and snaking and hiding. And there was more inappropriate relationships during that time. Um, and I remember feeling the same way. I literally have no control over, over his decisions. I cannot make him get clean and sober. He has to want it more than I want it for him. Um, he has to come to this place of full surrender, um, and, and ask for help and surrender. And he, Fortunately, praise God, he did. He hit his rock bottom and he went to rehab. Um, and when he came home from rehab, that's when he started his recovery journey. Um, and so that was really that second experience. And really the, mo the last and most recent was um, when our son was diagnosed with cancer. Um, he was six years old and normal, healthy little boy up until then, never been to the doctor for anything really besides well child checks. Um, completely wild, obnoxious, naughty, mischievous, um, amazing. And, um, he just one day was just, I noticed some funny hand movements. His hands were shaking a lot. His, um, eyes looked funny to me, like he was tired. Um, and so we took him in for a doctor vis visit and they weren't sure everything looked okay. Blood work wise, but they ordered a CT scan and then an MRI and they found, um, an inoperable tumor, um, in his brain. And, um, so we immediately were faced with this huge mountain, this literally ticking time bomb in our son's head that we could not, we couldn't do anything. There was nothing. We couldn't do surgery. Um, we could not fix this. This was not something that I could put a bandaid on and kiss it and make it go away. Um, and my, I felt such helplessness and such, um, this is my baby and I can't fix him. I have, I have to trust I have to surrender him to, to God and trust that God made Marcus and he had his days numbered in his book and he had a good and perfect plan for Marcus's life. And he achieved that in seven years. You know, I'm still here because I still have work to do. Um, but my son is in heaven in the presence of Jesus. And that gives me hope. But at that time, that was that that was that life-changing moment. Um, that third time where I just realized how little control I really have. And I had no choice, but to turn to Jesus for strength. So those are probably the most experiences. <laughs> oh, Katie. <laughs> um, wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that will never be an easy story for you to share. So, or all of those stories, <laughs> I mean, you just described three of the worst situations that a person can be faced with, right? And you have come out on the other side and faced that mountain, those mountains because of God. And I know as a believer, I know that's only God, right? We, we know and believe that God is the only one who can get us through those things. So Wow, I just I have so many, so many more questions to to ask from those. Um, I just want to tell you you're amazing as a as a daughter of God, a woman, a wife, a mom. That's a lot to to carry. And I'm so grateful that you know Jesus. So you can hand him those burdens and he can give you that peace that you described because I know that peace that you're describing. It, it truly is what the Bible tells us, a peace that surpasses all understanding. You cannot explain it. It is not of the world. It is only God. And oh, I'm just, I'm super grateful that 
that you've had God to carry you through that. So these are, these are situations that would take most people out and that would say, I, I no longer believe in God because why would he keep giving me these mountains to face? Like why? And again, that why me mentality, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you keep your faith in those deep, dark valleys? Well, um, I remember shortly after Marcus was diagnosed, um, God brought, um, this verse to Josh and I almost immediately. Um, and it was Hebrews 619, um, which says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Um, and we clung to that verse that went on all of Marcus's Marcus strong t-shirts and bracelets and all the things that we were doing to, you know, raise money to help support his care. And, um, that really is what we did. We just clung to our faith. Um, we continued to just surrender Marcus and trust that God had a plan even in this. And, and that no matter what happened, whatever the out, we weren't praying for an outcome. Cause we didn't know. I mean, the prognosis was 10%. Like there wasn't a good prognosis for him to survive this cancer. Um, but we believed that, you know, God was in control of it. Not, not the statistics. Um, and we had to trust that oftentimes it is through suffering. I remember my dad saying to me, he's a pastor. And I was asking him that question, you know, dad, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God answer the cry of my heart as a mother? You know, why, why wouldn't he just answer and, and heal Marcus? I know he can, I know that he could say the word and Marcus would be healed. And why wouldn't he do that? Like, um, and my dad, his answer to me was Katie, if you, if you think about, the fact that God's own son, Jesus had to suffer and had to die. Don't you think if there had been another way, God would have done that? And I said, yeah. And he said, so in this situation, we have to trust that God is using your story. He didn't give Marcus cancer, but he allowed this to happen because it is what, what the will of God, and that we have to trust him that he knew what was going to be best for Marcus. You, we don't know what his future would have held. It could have been something even more horrendous. And God's mercy was, he was taking him home where he knew he would be safe. And I do remind myself of that when I'm really missing him, um, is that of my three children, he's the only one that I never have to worry about that I know exactly where he is and I know who he is with and that he is fully healed and restored. He's not in any pain. I watched that poor little um, boy suffer um, and lose literally all function, all function. Um, he could not swallow on his own in the end. He couldn't talk to us anymore or even smile. Um, so he lost the ability to do anything. And I didn't want that for him. And so there's peace in knowing that as soon as he took his last breath on this earth, he was fully healed. Um, and that one day I will see him again. And I truly believe that I will physically hold him again and see his face and hear his voice. And um, that's because of Jesus. And so I'm not going to turn away from the one that gave me that gift. That's the miracle. Not Marcus getting healed in this life. The miracle is that. Jesus died on the cross and I will see Marcus again one day and I will have eternity with him. And um, so that's what really gives me hope. That is so beautiful. And what a perspective shift of we're, we're often praying for miracles here on earth, but you said the miracle already happened. Jesus died on the cross for us and we get to spend eternity in heaven with him and with our loved ones who also believe and 
Wow. I just, I loved all that you said, Katie. And, and I think that that's something that we all struggle with wondering why these bad things happen and why does God allow it to happen? Because he does ultimately the, the things that happen are happening because he's allowing them to, um, and that's his will. And we want to question why is that his will? But at the end of the day, we just, we don't know what God knows. We don't see what he sees. He is the one who was all knowing and it's just this belief you have to ultimately have in your heart. And wow, I just, I'm absolutely blown away by your faith. Well, I think sometimes that like, um, you know, if I could understand God, if I could explain um, all the things that are happening, why would I need him? You know, like, you know, if he is a sovereign God, I shouldn't be able to understand. And the Bible says, you know, like for now we know in part, but one day we shall fully know. And, and I just have to remind myself of that. Like, although I'm a spirit being, I am a flesh, I'm still flesh. And so there are just things this side of heaven that will not make sense that I will not understand, but one day I will, one day it'll all make sense. And, and I truly believe that. And so I do think that a lot of times we try to, um, create heaven on earth right now. We try to, to create this a sense of, of perfection in our lives or, or perfect balance. Um, that is just not going to happen mm-hmm. until Jesus comes back. And, and you know, this is never going to be heaven until it is. And so we just have to remember that we're going to face hardships. That's the gospel. You know, the, the, the gospel didn't, they didn't live these lavish lives um, the apostles and Jesus as, as he walked the earth, it was not extravagant and they suffered and they went through hard times, but they laid the foundation for the early church. And, and what, what is the church now and Jesus whole ministry. And that's what matters is so it just, what really helps me get through the grief and the suffering and the loss is that reminder to have a kingdom focus, to re- remember that this is not my home. And this is not your home. Like this is just temporary for all of us. Um, and that our home is in heaven. So keep my eyes fixed on the prize. Keep my eyes on heaven, on Jesus. And I can get through any of these storms. And that's why the um, anchored in always um, is what I named the podcast, because that is what I truly believe. Like I have to have my hand grasping that anchor and holding on to Jesus because I'm going to experience waves and storms throughout the rest of my time here on this earth. Um, and he's the only anchor that I can cling to my safe place, my shelter in the storm. Um, so that is, that is just what I, what I hold on to. Oh my goodness. That is absolutely beautiful. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing that. I don't, I'm just in awe at your faith and (laughs) you're amazing. Katie. Oh, well, thank you. So I think it's pretty clear already, Katie, that Jesus has made a huge difference in your life, but, but what, what difference has Jesus made in your life truly? Um, Well, I think that is a great question because um, one of the things that just what I feel strongly more now than ever is that Jesus has to be over everything in my life. I think it's really hard as women. um, You want to, our natural tendency is to put our husbands first or our children, especially first. But what I found and what you've heard so far in my story is that if I had put my husband before my faith, 
in Jesus. And my husband would had chosen to leave me after that first affair. Um, I would have been crushed. I would have been devastated. I wouldn't have had hope. Um, and then later in life, if my, if my entire hope was just in my children and being a great mother and raising these um, amazing children, and, and that was it, that was what all my worth was tied into and all my hope was tied into. And then something happened and you lose a child or they become wayward and rebellious and turn away from faith even. And, um, and your hope is in that alone, then you're shattered. So that's why I just feel even stronger that that our hope needs to be in Jesus first and foremost, not that we can't aspire to be the best mom that we can be or the best um, wife and helpmate to our husband that we can be. Definitely, those are godly commands, uh, but they can't come before Jesus. They can't come before your relationship with God. You need, you need him first and foremost, and then all those other areas um, will be magnified, will be even more fulfilling for you. Yes. And amen. I couldn't agree more. I think we definitely get that backwards. Sometimes we don't put our faith first. We don't put our relationship with God first. And then we're wondering why are our lives just a chaotic mess <laughs> yes. and, and really just getting that order right changes everything. So I love that answer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Are there any scriptures that are special to you? Um, well, yes. Yeah, so I shared the Hebrews 619 verse. That one definitely is, is we've got it all over our house. Now people all over the country have sent us, um, Hebrews 619, um, wall hangings. It's, it's amazing anchors everywhere around here. Um, but Psalm 112 seven says they will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in their Lord. Um, and then Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Um, and then lastly, another one I love is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Um, so I think you sense a theme in those uh, trust, 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 <laughs> you know, trust me. Um, I think God speaks to my heart as, you know, daughter, I see you. I see every tear that falls. I know your heart and your pain and your suffering. And I've walked through suffering. Um, but but come to me, come to me and trust me and let me be the one that brings you comfort that only I can bring and peace that nobody understands. Um, and so those are the scriptures that really, really bring me the most comfort right now. Those are all beautiful. And yes, I love the theme. It's all about trusting God and just being anchored in him, like you said, and, and always knowing that he, because he knows everything and he loves us so much that he's always going to work everything together for our good. And we can, we can just trust him. He is the best dad, the best father that we could ever imagine. So tell us more about your podcast, because I think that you have an amazing mission. You have so much love and just Jesus to share with the world and you're doing it through your podcast. So tell us more, what are you doing up there? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm super excited about the podcast and, um, mainly, um, I, I talk about four different pillars of my four different pillars, my four different themes throughout my podcast. The episodes will all kind of be based on either recovery, um, Christian recovery, because, Christian recovery is really what God used to heal our marriage. 
um, in many, many ways. And uh, I, it would take too long to get into all of that now, but I talk about it a lot in the podcast. Um, also, so Celebrate Recovery is, is the program that, you know, really God used in our lives. Um, and then also I talk a lot about, so marriage crisis and recovery um, are probably two separate things. I talk a lot about recovery and principles, but then also marriage crisis, like trust issues, setting boundaries, um, forgiveness, and, and, you know, what, how, how to cope, how to turn to Jesus and surrender to Jesus. If you've been in, in infidelity in your marriage, had that. And so that's another area. And then we talk a lot about grief and loss and suffering and how to cling to Jesus and still find purpose and hope and, and meaning in this life, despite heavy loss and not just loss of a child, like I experienced, but just loss of a loved one, loss of finances, of security, um, so many different ways that we experience loss. Um, so we talk a lot about that in the podcast and then, um, our self-worth and our identity is probably the other main area who we are in Christ. Um, and just reminding, I use a lot of scripture, um, reminding ourselves who we are in Christ and, and keeping a kingdom mindset and holding loosely to the things of this life and what that looks like day to day. Um, so those are probably the areas that, I, that are near and dear to my heart that I talk about a lot in the podcast, because those are the things that have really helped me through some of these big mountains that I've talked to you guys about today. Um, and that's what we focus on. I love that. I love that you said holding loosely to those things because this world is temporary, as you've said, and this is not our home. We will be with Jesus one day. And I just, I love how each of those four categories really do tie back into each other and into the fact that we need to be rooted in Christ and put him first. And I just, I really, I love your mission. I love that you are having that marriage crisis focus because when you are, when you were talking about your marriage crisis, I saw the humility that you had, the surrender that you ultimately gave and the redemption that you believed in that God would redeem your marriage. And I think that's so important because right now in the world, we're just like, okay, you hurt me and I'm out, right? Like that is the world's way. And that is not God's way. God calls us to stay in our marriage. If we can work it out with him at the helm, if we're not in abusive situations and we are, we are required to persevere and to have that humility and surrender and ultimately praying for that redemption that only God can bring. So I just think it's so beautiful. I, I absolutely love your mission. I know I've said that many times over, but I, I am just truly in awe of you. And I feel like at a loss for words because I, you have been through so much and you've just persevered in this beautiful way. And I think you're going to help so many people. So thank you for, again, being obedient to that call and, and to helping others, to being a, a sister in Christ to others. Is there anything that uh, we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? Honestly, I think we've covered all of the things that I had written down. Um, I wanted to just make sure that people knew, um, you know, that this podcast is, um, it's really my heart for hurting people. Um, it's not a, it's not a quick fix that, that life is a journey and it's a process. Um, and it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot easier sometimes in, in our minds to just 
give up, like you said, and walk away. Um, our brain is wired to protect us from pain. And we have to fight that with the word of God or just the reminders that when things are tough, that doesn't mean we get going. That means we dig in, we dig in a little bit harder and, and hang on a little bit longer. Um, but that we need, we need tools for that. We, you know, people hear that and they're like, okay, that sounds great. I'd love to, to do it, to fight, but how, what, what do I use? Like, I don't know. Like I want your, your strength and I want to be able to survive some of these things that you went through, but I don't know how to do it. And so in the podcast, I really try to give people applications and really share what worked counseling, um, recovery, trauma, crisis therapy, even like there, there are a lot of tools out there. Um, and so I encourage people to take advantage of that and get help. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to need help. Um, and to cry out for help. Um, you don't have to stay stuck in your brokenness and in your pain and in your suffering, you can move forward and still, you know, experience it. I'm suffering right now. I'm grieving for my son every day. It's mother's day coming up soon. And it's the first mother's day without all three of my children here. And, you know, there's, there's everyday grief, but I'm experiencing joy at the same time because of of God. That's only God. Um, so I want that message to be heard by people that you can still experience joy and purpose, even as you experience suffering and pain in your life, there is hope for that. That's amazing. They, they can coexist together because of God. That's awesome. I love that. Wow. And just the, the theme that you, I've also felt through this is that you are always pointing us back to Jesus, right? It's always like what going back to the Bible and not being what we cling to and what we hold as truth. So of course I love that. (laughs) So we already know about your amazing podcast anchored in always where else can everyone connect with you, Katie? Cause I know they're going to want to. So um, we have a community on Facebook, just anchored in always. Um, If you search that group on Facebook, um, I have that group. I don't have a website yet. I'm working on a website um, that will be anchored in always.com, but it's just not put together yet. So that is coming soon. And I definitely will announce that in the podcast when that is up and running and share that link. We do have the Marcus Strong um, website though. And so, uh, all of my podcast episodes are uploaded to that. There are also links, um, on resources that my husband and I have used. Um, there's a link to celebrate recovery website. So that website, um, I'll have you share in the show notes for, for everybody. They can click on that and learn a little bit more about our family, um, have access to the, to the, uh, podcast and access to celebrate recovery information as well. Um, so those are probably the, the best ways to connect. You can also reach out to me at Katie at anchored and always.com is my email. Um, if you have more questions, so those are probably the best ways. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that Katie. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. Thanks for listening to Lana Send the Word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness and the Word. I hope that you enjoyed this testimony as much as I did. It's absolutely beautiful. 
I love Katie and her mission, and I hope that you go check out her podcast, but also join us in the Facebook group, the Wellness on the Word community, because Katie is going to be coming in there and sharing more of her heart and her journey with us.